Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. Offer condolences on the death of Leonid Brezhnev. The operation is what's crucial, because what we do is for the good of the many. Don't let your conscience get us killed. If you tell her now, it will all blow up. But at least she'll know who she is. Every move you we're going to talk now about season three that is premiering of The Americans on the 28th of January on FX. Can't wait to see it. Loved all first and second seasons. Can't wait to come to season three. And O'Toole, I pushed you to watch the show. Do you love it? I think it's very well done. And I have to say, I have long been a fan of Carrie Russell, who, of course, I will admit it, I, I watched in Felicity. I liked her in the movie <laughs> Waitress. Um, I mean, do you remember when she upset the entire TV world the year that she cut her hair short? And now it's standard in actors' contracts that they're no longer yeah. in charge of their own hair length. She has a face that you just can't take your eyes off when it's on the screen. She's mesmerizing. The camera loves yep. her. And I think she's perfect for playing a Russian spy. My piece of trivia, and I'm sure you probably already knew this, did you know she was yet another member of that original Mickey Mouse Club? With Britney Spears <laughs> no, and no, Justin Timberlake, uh, Ryan yeah, and I'm, and I, I, By the way, I'm sure she's going to listen to this podcast, and she's so thrilled that you brought that up at the very beginning. <laughs> the reason I love this show so much is I think I was meant to be a spy. I just want to say that on a personal level. Oh, I think uh, it'd be a very good one. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, you know, the qualifications to be a spy where you can look somebody in the eye and keep cool, calm, and collected and not turn beat red when your heart is pounding a million miles an hour, I can do that. I can definitely do that. And, and you're very familiar with recording devices. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I mean, what's great about this show, too, is she's very American. And so it makes it really, really interesting to see her coming off as really a Russian spy. I mean, you know, you, you just constantly thrown in the juxtaposition of, but she's so American. She's so American. And what's funny about it is the, uh, the writer of it, he was in the CIA for three years and he never got placed. He was, he was trained to be a spy, but he never really got placed internationally and he really wanted to be, but he felt that this was really a story about a marriage and a love story more than it was a story about being a spy. And I think that as the show has progressed, it's progressed more into the spy portions of it and less, uh, less. but you did know that it is based on real real people, right? Do you know about them, the yes, Murphys? Yes, and it's so interesting because even when you think back to 2010, where those real-life embedded Russian spies were found in America, and we had a Cold War-like swap in Vienna where we swapped 10 Russian spies who were discovered on U.S. soil for four um, spies that came back to the U.S., um, I lived only two blocks from some of those embedded Russian spies. And I really? remember reading some Were you some in Montclair, of, New Jersey? Uh, no, no. There were some that were in the Harvard Square area. Ah, and oh. one of them even had a degree from the Kennedy School of Politics. And I just remember some of the comments of the neighbors who were blown away that these people that had been living next door to were <laughs> Russian spies. And I remember one of the quotes said, you know, how could she be a spy? She had such good hydrangeas. <laughs> <laughs> and well, when, you're, when your hydrangeas are great, it's very hard to then be considered to be a spy. But actually, Russia sent them in there and they said the, the couple that, that this is based on is uh, Richard and Cynthia Murphy, who lived in Montclair, New Jersey. And they were picked up also in 2010. And they had two kids. And mm -hmm. um, as did many of these 10 people that were picked up. 
and they were traded to Russia. So they went back, but their kids were left behind. And, you know, to me, that's the most shocking part of all is, you know, you would leave your children behind to go back to the mother country. Just, I don't know, the whole thing, the fact that it is, in fact, based on real life. Now, by the way, not the killing and the murdering and everything else. They were really sent in to gather information, to try to insert themselves into political society. And the Murphys were involved with the Clintons and um, through one of the political fundraisers. So, and Hillary and uh, Bill went out of their way to distance themselves after they got caught. But the fact that Russia placed people makes you wonder, did we do the same thing? I bet we did, right? Well, I find the whole premise fascinating because to me, when you think about the passage of time that people can maintain this level of duplicity and allegiance to the other side. So for example, in the pilot, I thought it was so well done that Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell play these two embedded Russian spies who are told by the KGB they have to marry each other. And I'm thinking, okay, I'd like to think I have a high work standard, um, <laughs> but I don't know that I would do that for my boss. And then of course, because they're well, except supposed for to be... if you lived in the 1800s, honey, your parents decided who you were going to marry and it was done for the same thing. How did that serve the family? Not just how did it serve the country? I would have myself in a covered wagon, <laughs> you know, and just taken my chances. There but- is there is precedence in a bigger way than just for love of country. Well, it's interesting, too, because I know that a lot of marriage therapists, they'll they'll often counsel their clients and they'll say, okay, if you're having trouble in your marriage or um, in your job or whatever, one of the quickest, easiest fixes is just to pretend as though it's not there. It's what actors do every day, which I guess is why so many actors fall for each other when they're doing love scenes, is that there's something about when you're acting out this role, it does have an effect on your brain. And when you're asked to be embedded and portray a married couple... you have children on top of that, you do become those children's biological parents. You are their parents. And um, so many questions are just raised in terms of how are you raising these kids on American soil where you're supposed to be two such loyal KGB officers. And so in the pilot episode, even where they do, they go to the mall, they go shopping. There was another episode (laughs) where his kids wanted to eat Pop-Tarts. And I thought, how can you raise American children and still stay Russian on the inside? I dated once a guy in the Secret Service. Okay, I shouldn't say I dated him. I went out with him like two or three times. And I think I was so mesmerized by the fact that he was in the Secret Service that finally he got tired of me trying to ask him questions that he refused to answer. And do you think he really was in the Secret Service? Or do you think no, he knew no, that he was. He definitely you? was because I was fixed up by somebody who was married to somebody also in the Secret Service. And it was a fix-up. So, yes, he was in the Secret Service. And you would ask him questions like, oh, so he would go away for three days. Oh, where'd you go? Oh, I can't say. You know, and I... And it would be sort of funny, but the truth was, it's, you know, it's a lonely life to live that kind of can't talk about anything and have to constantly be on, on call and ready to um, to remember not to say, not to answer a question naturally. Mm-hmm. And I think the plots are great. I mean, even the, t- you know, it's sort of ridiculous and they go in and they put, you know, they seduce people to get information and everything else. But also that has been truly shown over the last 20 years to have taken place. I mean... There was that guy in Paris who um, who was seduced, and then he helped somebody. It was an American um, officer, 
and he was guarding the Russian embassy, and he helped somebody plant bugs because he was sleeping with her. And I mean, you know, it's not totally out of line, but the way they interweave it is so, I think, so fabulous. But the biggest thing that the writer says that's so important for us all to pay attention to is that they lie to their children. And at some point, and I think we're going to find that out in this season, uh, because the end of season two, as you know, and this is a spoiler, um, you know, the Russians have said, okay, we want you now to bring your child in and have her start doing some work. And they're, oh my God, what are we going to do? So, uh, because in the end, they they are parents, you know? Yeah. Well, this is interesting. I mean, as you know, I used to live in Germany and I spent a lot of time in Berlin, even before the Berlin wall came down. And in the then West Berlin, one of the most fascinating places to me was the checkpoint Charlie museum. So literally you could not find a place that was more on the dividing line in the cold war between East and West. And I remember just reading the stories of people and what they were um, willing to undertake to escape. And for example, when the Berlin wall went up overnight in the 1960s, there was one man who woke up and he was in the West, but his girlfriend was trapped in the East. And what he did was find a woman in West Berlin who looked a lot like his girlfriend, convinced her to go visit East Berlin with him, dumped her there, I guess gagged and tied to a chair, scooped up his original girlfriend and took her back to the West with the other girlfriend's papers. And it's these kinds of actions where I think I just, I don't know how people can lead double lives. I don't know how they can maintain this level of allegiance and loyalty and, again, duplicity, especially once you've had children. So I know that a lot of teenagers um, already have conflicts with their parents anyway, but imagine if you don't realize your parents are KGB agents. Um, You've got to be able to pick up on something that something is not quite right in your own house. I think we all went through periods in our childhood when we thought, I really wasn't born into this family. Some A terrible mistake was made somewhere along the way. <laughs> and I belong in somebody else's family. And I'm sure, pretty sure it was the Kroger's next door for me. But... Um, <laughs> I, you know, every kid looks at their parents and thinks there's something wrong somewhere. But mm-hmm. yeah, but but this sort of takes it to a new level, and it is such a wonderful, wonderful show. And what's also interesting is he wanted to write it in present day, but because the Cold War War is dead, uh, nobody thought people would find it interesting in present day. Like, you know, why why do we have to? get secrets for Russia. They Whatever's happening, we don't care if they know. So then they pushed it back in time. I feel like that adds something to it. So unlike the... Se- I don't know. Yeah. Well, unlike that 70s show, you know, it could be called that 80s show because obviously Ronald Reagan is still president and just where they have to go out and find the old cars and the old jeans. And in this last episode, I just had to laugh out loud at one point because they're talking to one of the FBI officers and they hold up this floppy disk from one of the early computers. And they say, you know, the fate of the Western world is on this computer disk. And you look at it in 2015 and you think, wow, it was probably something that had two megabytes on it. And I don't know, I think it adds something to it, makes it interesting. The combination of Carrie and Matthew, the dynamic of the fact that they love each other, but they also were brought together is really, really, the way they interweave that into season one to show you how it all transpired and how they got to the place they are when, when we are with them uh, is really, really wonderfully done by both of them. They both, and, and she, Carrie Russell gets all the credit, but Matthew should get some of the credit because he does a really, really good job too. Well, these this is one of those comments that I'm not proud of, but 
I never warmed up to the show Brothers and Sisters. And I remember oh, back I in the day yeah. when people used to ask, how can anyone watch 30-something? All they do is whine. Well, fast forward years where you get some of those original 30-something actors back on Brothers uh-huh. and Sisters. And I thought, I can't watch this show. All they do is ask inappropriate questions and whine, whine, whine. And my least favorite <laughs> character of all was Kevin, played by oh, Matthew Reese. Okay, so I okay. have not yet recovered from the Kevin factor. So do, when you see him up there, are you still seeing Kevin? Because that happens I'm to me sometimes. I'm still seeing Kevin Mixed yeah. with like the ghost of John Ritter, where mm-hmm. I think I, it's just not believable. Yes, he to does. Me. He does look very much like him. You know, he does. I don't. Yep. And there's something about the weak chin look where it's not completely convincing to me that uh-huh. he could be a KGB agent, unlike Carrie Russell. So in that regard, it reminded me a little bit of this kind of intrinsic joke in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I am not ashamed to say is a movie I thoroughly oh, enjoyed. God, I hated where that movie. I still think Angelina Jolie would have made the better assassin, and even in the pilot episode of the Americans. There's a scene where Carrie Russell is fighting this nemesis from her um, from her past. And she's knocked him down and she screams at him, come on, to just punch him again. And it was the same way Angelina Jolie delivered that in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where I thought Carrie Russell could really take this guy out. I don't think it's easy to play. I, I think Carrie Russell's ro- role is very, very difficult. You know, the physicality of it and if you're not a fighter, you can look ridiculous. If, if if I went into a fighting scene, I'd look stupid. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just, you know, I don't, I, I think it's a challenge. I think Carrie Russell is terrific. And I know I've heard her say that she's so relieved she doesn't have to play charming. But I think she is so good, even doing the Russian accent every now and then. Um, and speaking of accents, I do have to give it up to Matthew Reese that he is from Wales, and I think his accent is spot on in The Americans. And he said that 50% of his brain in every scene is going towards trying to get the accent correct, um, <laughs> as opposed to just thinking about the acting. And the chemistry, for whatever reason, I think works between Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese. They do a great job together. Um, but they've also said that when they first were auditioning, the director made them do a chemistry read and he had whispered in Carrie Russell's ear beforehand. So Matthew Reese had no idea this was coming, but he said in the fight scene, slap him across the face for real. <laughs> so she did it and he took it. And of course she said she felt awful because you could see the handprint, you know, from her hand on his face. Um, but in the fight scenes, you're absolutely right. That is not easy to do. No, it isn't. You know, we have to, you know, we, we sort of think it's almost silly. And, it, and, and by the way, the Americans, some of the reviewers have said that it's a silly show. It's either gruesome or silly. And, uh, you know, they, they have a hard time with it. But I don't think those are easy roles to play. I don't. I really don't. And um, it's also probably a thankless task for Matthew Reese to try to pull off those 80s wigs and big glasses and the whole scary look. Um, but yeah. even in that last episode of season two, where she is being held at gunpoint. She's handcuffed behind her back. The bad guy is trying to stick her in the trunk of a car. She looks and she realizes her husband's already been stuffed into the trunk of the car. And she's still the one who manages to save them just with the use of her legs. Well, of course, because, you know, and that and that's is where it gets sort of, okay, this, do they need to make it that ridiculous? Like, couldn't she have gotten away a little earlier? In other words, some of it some of it crosses that line between believable and ridiculous, but um, and which is one of the criticisms of the show. I think the music in this show is phenomenal. Um, it's hmm. a very great use of 
80s soundtracks. It heightens the drama, and um, it's the reappearance of John Boy Walton. Um, Richard Thomas is on the show. I know. Um, you know, somehow he's always John Boy to me, and I just want to say goodnight whenever he comes on the screen and turn it off. It's funny. His voice does freak me out a little bit, i got to say. I know. I it's like, goodnight, John Boy. You don't belong here. Goodbye. You know? <laughs> like, um, and I think Noah Emmerich is a great actor. Um, he's the neighbor who moves in across the street and, yeah. you know, happens to be an FBI agent. And one other thing that I wanted to mention, too, is have you heard about this new show called Allegiance, which opens on February 5th? No. Do we need Do we need to check this out? Some are saying that it's a blatant ripoff of The Americans, but it stars two actors who I've always loved. One is Hope Davis, who I have loved since Next Stop Wonderland. Um, she was also in the, the Broadway show, God of Carnage with Jeff Daniels and Scott Cohen, who of course was on my favorite Gilmore Girls. But what's interesting is even though they're saying it's a blatant ripoff of the Americans, I heard that it's actually based on an Israeli drama called Gordon's Cell. Yeah, we'll make a point to take a look and let you guys know whether you should be watching it or not. There's just one other thing that I wanted to ask you about. I know that in the talk about the Americans and the premise of the show, that it was asking a lot of Americans because you were asking Americans to root for the bad guys and that this made the show so unusual. And I was just wondering about your thoughts about that because when I was thinking about other shows um, that are so popular, like Breaking Bad, Weeds, Nurse Jackie, I feel like we have a lot of um, shows that are asking us to root for. Such an interesting point you bring up. And I think that's why they have to layer in that maybe they're going to turn and become real Americans or we wouldn't be rooting for them. Mm -hmm. I'm rooting for them because I believe they're going to see the light of day and know that McDonald's is so much better than eating potatoes with vodka shot (laughs) shot glasses, you know? So so the reason I can accept the fact that they're spying um, is that reason. But the other thing is the, the guys they kill are also American bad guys. They're never American good guys. Mm-hmm. They never kill anybody really good, so you don't have to hate them for doing it, which means they've made it a little vanilla, which is one of the criticisms of the show. One thing that I think has done really well is that the character played by Matthew Reese, he puts the family first, whereas Carrie Russell is more prone to putting the mission first, where she literally will say, I'd lose everything before I would betray my country. When they want her to go after her child, that's a whole other can of worms. Which is why the writers have done such a good job of building in conflict. So it's between countries, between spouses, between ideologies, between neighbors, between parents and kids. There, It's just rife for so many storylines. It also does beg the question, what exactly did she think was going to happen to her daughter? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, was she ever going to announce this or she was just going to make her be an American that was constantly fighting the American way? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we also have to do a shout out to uh, the actor who plays her daughter. Holly Taylor. Who does a really, really good job of being that belligerent teenager that none of, you know, I certainly don't recognize. Um, and it was the most watched debut ever on FX. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I don't know what that's saying. Do you know what that's saying, though? Like, how many people watch FX anyway? The pilot was highly marketed. I just remember seeing huh. um, a huge ad campaign around I, you know, it. I didn't, I didn't see it that way. I saw it on Netflix. It's heavily promoted, but they did renew it after just four episodes, which is pretty unheard of huh. in TV world. Usually, new seasons start every you know four to six months from when the old ones... We've been waiting almost a year for this. So we did want to sort of just put out a shout out for everybody to, you know, turn it on if they want. So uh, the Americans, not to be missed. 